where will Dalton Kincaid be drafted? And two Utah receivers are in the transfer portal. Does that mean the team is looking to add other receivers through the portal? We'll talk about that and more on today's Locked On Utes. You are Locked On Utes, your daily podcast on the Utah Utes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, and thank you for making Locked On Utes your first listen every single day. We are available on all platforms, including YouTube. If this is your guys' first time with us on the show, make sure you guys like, subscribe, chat with us in the comments. We'll try to I try to get back to as many of you guys as you can. You can follow us on social media at Locked On Utes or at JT Wistersill. My name is JT Wistersill, former intern inside the University of Utah Athletic Department. And on today's show, we're talking Dalton Kincaid, the Utah tight end, of course, who's going to be a first-round pick tomorrow night by the time you guys are listening to this. And then we'll also dive into the receivers entering the transfer portal and just closing out on what it will mean for this Utah football team that they're going to have first-round picks in the NFL draft in a back-to-back years, what it means for the program in general, because I think it's something pretty cool. But as I mentioned, let's start with Dalton Kincaid. So Dalton just had an unbelievable season, right? I believe we talked about it with uh, Dante on yesterday's show that you know, it's crazy to look back on, like, had he entered the draft, or it would have even been cold, but either way, like, had Dalton entered the draft last year, yes, he had a combine invite, there was all these other things there, but probably gone in the mid-rounds, teams would have brought him in, been like, oh, could be maybe a starter tight end, but more than likely a backup, comes back to Utah, sets the records, has the USC performance, just dominates defenses all season, and helps this Utah team, is one of the biggest reasons they were able to repeat his back-to-back Pac-12 champions, because obviously without that first USC game, they don't get an opportunity to beat USC the second time in the championship game itself. So Dalton was huge for Utah all season last year. So now he has the opportunity. Is it? And it's funny, right? Because we've obviously, we've known how good Dalton is for a while. We watched him week in and week out, just dominate. It was so much fun. And then you get all the NFL pundits who finally make their rounds or the draft analysts who finally get a chance to turn on the tape. And then the national media and everyone else is like, whoa, look how good this Dalton Kincaid guy is. Allows you just kind of kick your kick your feet back up and be like, hey, hey, we were first. We, we, we knew how special this guy was. So it's been really cool to see all the raves uh, reviews Dalton's gotten. Daniel Jeremiah, NFL Network's lead draft analyst, has him listed as his number one tight end. He has him listed in the top 10. Chris Sims of uh, NBC Sports has him as his top tight end. I can't remember if Mel Kuyper or Todd McShay have him listed as their t- top tight end now, but I know both of them are high on him. I think he's a, obviously a first-round pick, and if not one, it's two. Obviously, he's this show's top tight end. I mean, <laughs> I we and, and Michael Mayer does some nice things, right? But like when you look at what Dalton does overall, I just think the ability to get yards after the catch, the ability to separate, adjusting to balls, making contested catches is incredible. He's got outstanding hands. I think I like the size and the physicality he provides. Is he going to walk in and be a dominant NFL blocker? Probably not, but he can hold his own on the outside. And I think that also comes with the physicality. And I think when you see like the rest of the room, when you get in a room full of NFL guys, you're going to be like, oh crap, I'm not in college anymore. I really need to get stronger and learn how to move some dudes at this level, especially. So I think that, like I said, I think Dalton's a total package, and I think he's going to come in. And I wouldn't be surprised at all if, especially depending on a couple of these landing spots we're about to talk about, I wouldn't be surprised at all if Dalton Kincaid is a Pro Bowler's first year in the NFL because, because based on the position he plays, I think he's going to have a chance to pair with some pretty special talent. Let's all put our general manager hats on for a second, right? If you are trying to build a team, what are the most important positions? Well, you need a quarterback, obviously. Look at what the Kansas City Chiefs did and how they reached the Super Bowl. And then if you 
look at it outside of the Chiefs. Well, you're like, well, how else do you reach a Super Bowl? Well, you're really dominant in the trenches, the Philadelphia Eagles. So you need, and Jalen Hurts is obviously an exceptional quarterback too. I'm just saying, when you think of the Eagles, I at least think of the physical physical presence they have on the offensive and defensive line. Arguably, they set the sack, almost set the sack record. Offensive line is amongst the best in the league. So you need to be dominant in the trenches. So that's kind of where your second thing is to go. Maybe after that, you want to get some receivers on the outside, some corners then to try to shut those guys down because there's so many talented receivers in the league overall. And those are the kind of main essential positions, right? When you get to things like a like safety, still very valuable, especially if you can get elite one, but not as important. Linebackers, not as important. Running backs, obviously not as important. So, and then tight ends is kind of in that same mold, right? If we're doing tiers of importance in the NFL, I'd say quarterbacks in a tier by itself. Then I'd go offensive lineman, defensive lineman, then kind of some of those, then the corners receivers. Then I think you do something like I said, corners, not corners, excuse me, uh, linebackers, tight ends, and like safeties. And at the bottom of that is probably running back just because it's such a position dependent on the offensive line success. So because it's not a high priority team need in terms of what do we need to build to make our franchise extremely successful, a player like Dalton Kincaid, who people have ranked as one of the 10 best prospects in this draft is going to fall. He's not going to get drafted in the top 10 because other teams are going to look at the bigger needs. They're going to look at offensive linemen. They're going to reach on corner. They're going to look at some of the quarterbacks and man, this is going to be a crazy quarterback draft as we know. So Dalton's going to fall a little bit. So where are the most likely landing spots for Dalton? I still think the number one place, if I had to bet, where is Dalton Kincaid going to go? If you guys want to go place a bet with our friends at FanDuel, for example, I think he's going to end up in Cincinnati. I just think this is a luxury pick for them that it reaches them. They're going to be like, we've made the AFC championship game in back-to-back years. One year we won it, one year we didn't. We just lost a very productive tight end in Hayden Hurst. And I think they'll want to replace him with Dalton Kincaid. I think when you look at what Dalton does, as I said, just all the, the traits and things he does that make him such a dominant force, and it's going to translate to instant success in the NFL, that ability to get open, those ability to make those tough grabs. You're going to have good coverage, the ability to track the ball. When you got a guy like Joe Burrow who excels with elite ball placement, I, I think it's a match made in heaven when you pair them. Obviously, Dalton is not going to be the guy in this offense either. When you look at what T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, and of course, Jamar Chase, one of the best receivers in the league can do, Dalton Kincaid will be an after thought to defenses in some ways and because of that i think he's routinely going to make them pay he'll eat in the red zone over the middle of the field and even down the sideline a little bit if they want to use him there like he did against usc a lot so as i said i think pick 28 if you're the bengals you want to pick the best player available and also continue to make your offense strong also what's great about getting a tight end of dalton's caliber in the first round you get him on that cheap rookie deal so while you're paying jamar chase i don't know if they'll even be able to pay t against we know they got to pay joe burrow still you're going to have a superstar at tight end who is on a rookie deal for the next couple of seasons, which is extremely valuable as you continue to try to be one of the best teams in the NFL. You got to have that good balance of, hey, our roster is performing to a high level. The guys were paying the superstars, but then you also need those young players to contribute. For the Eagles, that was Jalen Hurts before he got the big contract, right? That was some of their younger players. They have like a, um, oh my gosh, I can't believe I'm blanking on the Georgia defensive tackles name who uh, I'm looking, I could see him totally and I'm totally forgetting his name. But either way, you guys, Jordan Davis, Jordan Davis, the huge tackle, like he was on a rookie deal. Then they got the veterans, the Chiefs, their defense was super young. So you got to have that combination. I think that's where Dalton could really help a team like the Bengals continue to contend. Dalton will also enhance any offense that he's in. And I think any young quarterback that you want, if you have a star quarterback, you want to get them elite weapons. And I think those are the teams, like if the quarterback is kind of an unknown, I don't know if you want to use this pick on a tight end, just because especially a guy like Dalton, I think he'd get to a point where he's so dominant that teams just really might try to throw stuff to cover. So you might need to really try to do everything they can to shut these guys down. So you're going to need the top 
quarterbacks because you want to, in order to maximize these tight ends, you're going to have to have someone who places the ball lately. That's why I mentioned Joe Burrow. And the second guy I'm going to mention is the Chargers. I think pick 21, Justin Herbert. This would make a ton of sense too. This is something our friend Cole Bagley, who's a Chargers fan, wants to have happen. And I, I think it makes a lot of sense because when you're looking at what the Chargers are as a team and a franchise, you think of Justin Herbert, obviously. Yeah, they got some guys on defense, Darwin James, Joey Bosa, uh, Cleo Max still there too. But who is the face of the Chargers? It's Justin Herbert. And he needs weapons. And I think one of the weapons that, especially at a tight end spot, I think Gerald Everett is a free agent. I don't think they brought him back. If you're looking at the outside, I believe Keenan Allen, there's some contract stuff there. We know how good Mike Williams is, but I think it'd be great to pair Justin with a tight end who could be there for him the next five years and build a strong rapport with. We know Dalton from, is from California originally. I think it'd be great for him to go back home, pair with a quarterback as talented as Justin Herbert, who is one of the five, him and Joe Burrow are two of the five best quarterbacks in the NFL. I think when you just look at their what, what they do week in and week out, elite accuracy, just the ball placement, everything we discussed when it comes to elite quarterback play. That's what Joe Burrow and Jamar, not Jamar Trice, but Joe Burrow and Justin Herbert epitomize. So I think both those guys, both those landing spots make a ton of sense for Dalton. I think once again, I think it'd be great for him to play with the Chargers. And I could really see him being a pro bowler in his first year, especially if teams are worried about stopping him, Mike Williams and Keenan Allen. And then Dalton Kincaid is just feasting over the middle of the field. And the last one I'll go is the most likely, the Dallas Cowboys. They still have not replaced Dalton Schultz, who left them to go to Houston. So big tight end opening there. And once again, that's a team they got to pay. They're going to have to come up, pay C.D. Lamb. We know they're paying Dak. They got some other star defenders. I mean, they're going to have to roll up the Brinks truck to pay Mike Parsons. Why not get a Pro Bowl tight end caliber with your 26 pick, a reliable pass catching option for Dak? There's Dallas Goddard. He didn't have the best end of the year or didn't have the greatest year this previous one, but the year before that, I believe he was a pro bowler. So, and part of the reason he's pro bowler is because Dak's ability and the offense's ability to maximize the tight end position. Why not get another elite player who could step in and do that? So that's why I think Dalton Kincaid makes a ton of sense to the Cowboys at 26 two. And as I said, I feel like contending teams because Dalton can come in and help you win right now. He is ready to play. Yes, he's on the older side. He's not one of the younger. He's not. He's the opposite of an Anthony Richardson, right? Anthony Richardson's walking in with all the potential of the world. And if he has to play right away, it's not going to go very well. Dalton can play right away. And literally a year from now in redrafts, I expect to see him in like the top 10 because I think he's going to have that good of a season. I could see him putting up over 600 yards in his first season, eight to 10 touchdowns and over the course of a 16 game season. And as I mentioned, being a pro bowler and being a borderline tight end year one in the NFL, depending on the fit in the situation, fit and situation are everything in the NFL. There are so many quarterbacks looking like a Geno Smith. What happened in the Jets? Bad fit. Some of that was on him. Sure. But goes to the right place in Seattle and looks like the player he was. Everyone always kind of hoped he would be fit and situation are important. If Dalton ends up in the right one, he will be a pro bowler in his first season. So I'm really excited to see what Dalton can do in the NFL level. And it's exciting. We're going to find out tomorrow where his NFL home will be. As I said, most likely landing spots to me pick 28 the Bengals pick 21 the Chargers pick 26 the Cowboys if you're looking for sleepers for him I think the earliest he could go is 10 the Eagles love tight end they already had have Dallas Goddard but if they want to just get another extra weapon and a tight end and feel like Dalton's the best on the board I could see them taking him the Texans they need everything I do think OJ Howard is back there and or my bad I OJ Howard's on the move but Dalton Schultz is there but still could always use an extra tight end as I mentioned Titans Packers Washington Commanders Jaguars Giants some of those teams have tight ends, but once again, you can always use an extra elite tight end. If you feel like he's that good and one of the best players on the board, I think it makes sense to take him in that situation. So, like I said, earliest I can see him going is 10. And funny enough, latest I can see him going is the Bengals. I just 
I don't see how he makes it past the Bengals, but it's going to be fun to see how it all plays out Thursday night, the NFL draft, as we will see Dalton Kincaid find his next team after dominating with the Utah Utes for the past few seasons. So that's going to do it for our draft talk at the moment. As I said, we'll come back to this because I want to close out with a big picture draft take about what it means for the Utes to have two players in back-to-back years in the first round. Something not a lot of programs have been able to do looking at USC places like Texas. They haven't been able to do it. So we're going to touch on that in a moment, but we also got to talk about some of the Utah receivers in this current Utah team because they had two players enter the portal. What does that mean? We're discussing it in a moment, but first want to talk to you guys about our friends at Bilt Bar. Looking for a delicious snack, but don't want all the sugar and calories, then you need the best tasting protein bar ever built. You got to try this. If you're like me and you want to make healthier snack choices, but you don't want to compromise on taste, and I've just got just the thing for you, Built Bars and Built Puffs. Built Bars are healthy and taste amazing. Seriously, they taste so amazing. You won't think they're good for you, but you got to try this. What makes Built Bars so good? Well, for starters, they're all covered in 100% real chocolate. That's right, real chocolate. And they come in unbelievably great flavors like churro, peanut butter, brownie, and cookies and cream. I'm not sure how Built does it, but these bars taste like a candy bar while maintaining amazing macros. And what's even better is they are healthy, only 130 calories and four grams of sugar with a whopping 17 grams of protein. For years, we've been talking about going to Built.com, but you guys can also head to your local Smith's or Sam's Club to pick up your box of Built Bars today. So many great flavors to try, so get out to Smith's Sam's Club or just browse a box at Built.com. You guys can thank me later after you pick them up. So many great options with Built Bar, where healthy is actually tasty. All righty, moving on to back to Utah football talk. So for the Utes, two receivers entered the transfer portal. This is transfer season, right? Just ask Colorado and everything they got going on as all their players are um, leaving and everything like crazy. And I will say really quick, I do think it's funny, like all these people are um, reacting like, oh, things are so bad in Boulder. A lot of the players they are releasing, as I said, are just looking for other opportunities there. These were players that were obviously parts of the past Colorado, which we left last season saying was the worst power five team at the moment. So I actually don't think it's all doom and gloom for Colorado as a lot of people make it out to be. I think the buffs will actually eventually be good. That's just me personally, but I, it's definitely going to take some time. I agree with what we, me and Cole were talking about earlier this week. I think four wins is much more realistic and I could definitely see them only getting three. I'd be surprised if they only won two, but Hey, that's college football. It's really hard to win games. So we'll, we'll see what happens and maybe a slim chance they get to five or six. But like I said, I don't see that in year one, but I do think eventually coach prime will get that, get them on the right track. And I think a lot of ways he already has. So anyways, getting back to the Utah talk. So two Utah receivers in the portal, Taekwon Gilmore and Chris Reed. Taekwon was a senior, uh, came in as a transfer and look, I don't think I, I'm personally not surprised to see Taekwon. It, he's a senior. This was going to be his, this is his last dance, right? So he wants to be able to use it and actually be able to play. And he's not going to be able to do that, obviously, with the way this Utah receiver room looks right now. And then Chris Reed is a little more surprising. Um, guy was a redshirt freshman. But once again, I just don't think he saw a path to play. I mean, if we're looking at what Chris Reed did last season, he had p- played in three games at wide receiver and on special teams. And based on the stats I'm looking at, I don't think he ever caught a pass. So he's a three-star, three-star receiver, Reed. And I just don't think you saw a path to playing, as I mentioned. Uh, both these guys were on uh, Nate Johnson's team in the spring game, so they did flash a little bit. Um, Taekwon Gilmore had three targets, ended up getting four. I m- must be re- misreading the stats right now. It says the number. I think that's number of catches now. You think I would have looked? I've looked at this numerous times before the show, but either way. Um, so he only had four, he had four yards in the scrimmage, and then Chris Reed had the one catch on the 11-yard touchdown. I will say, if you go back and watch the touchdown, I, I was a good route by Chris Reed, not taking anything away from him, 
watch miles battle on the play. It doesn't, it kind of look like he's just kind of like taking the playoff is it's kind of one of those weird things. And I don't, that's not an indictment on my, I think miles battle once the season rolls in locked in, ready to go. This is strictly a spring game thing. I think in that position, you just look at his feet. He, he, he's so late to react. It's just, that's kind of one of those situations where that was just a weird play to me. I do think there would have been a chance. Chris Reed still would have scored, but I think a battle really been locked in and ready. And as I mentioned, I think that's just a product of this being a spring game and not an actual game, especially if you looked at the, what he did with the pick six, even later in the game when he was more locked in. So anyways, but it was a nice, nice quick slant route by uh, Chris Reed to the inside and scored a touchdown and rice tackles. At least he got one before he, before he's heading out. Um, Taekwon was a little more involved in the offense last year, but there's a reason I only say a little. He got two carries and ended the season with negative yards. They tried to get him involved in the Jet Sweep game, and it just it never really materialized. So these are not big losses for the Utah football team. There might be some people looking at this like concerned, like, oh, what does this say about Coach Witted in the receiver room? I actually think it speaks to how good of a position they're in. Taekwon Gilmore and Chris Reed were not going to receive any snaps this season, in my opinion. Maybe all right, maybe they would have had a slim chance based on injuries, right? But like, let's look at the receiver depth chart as it sits right now. First, let's talk about the number one receiver in the room, Devon Bailey, who did not practice, who did not play in the spring game. But every time the media was able to come at and watch spring ball and he was out there doing his thing, he made a spectacular grab and reminded us why he decided to come back to school because he thinks he has a chance to have a special season. And that's how it looks when he was routinely the best pass catcher we saw during the spring portion of practice. So I, I'm really high on Devon. I think he's going to have a huge, huge season. Clear cut number one after leading this Utah team amongst receivers in receiving yards last season. Obviously, who led this Utah team in receiving yards was Dalton Kincaid. So number two receiver, Money Parks, for sure. And he looked great in the spring game, right? Five catches, 71 yards, scored the touchdowns, looked explosive over the middle of the field, going deep too. Should have had one more catch, actually created separation, and Brandon Rose just sailed the pass the one time. So extremely high on Money Parks. When you're talking about who's your three and four receiver, as of right now, I think it's close between Mikey Matthews and Makai Cope. Makai Cope wasn't able to go because of the injury. Remember what he did last year's spring game when he had that exceptional one-handed catch, was on the field and made a couple grabs throughout the season. He's a guy Cam has shown a little bit of trust in too. So I do expect him to see him make some plays. And we saw him make a couple grabs over the course of spring practice too. So he's a guy I expect to be involved, but the guy who's probably got a leg up on Makai right now, then like I said, I I when I was doing this, Devon's one, money's two, three A, three B for me is Makai Cope and Mikey Matthews, who of course exploded in the spring game, especially to start the second half when he absolutely went off in the spring game. He ended up having seven catches for 59 yards overall flashing some speed over the middle of the field. The ability to separate was exceptional. Hold on to some contested catches. I loved what I saw from Mikey Matthews. We're talking about a four-star receiver who's part of this loaded 2023 recruiting class for this Utah football team. And I think it makes a lot of sense that he's going to be playing early because you've already heard Coach Witt mentioned Britton Covey and him in the same sense, how he sees some of the same things he saw in a young Britton Covey. It is what he sees in Mikey Matthews now. So I think that's really important and one of the really special things about Mikey Matthews. And when you got a player like that, you got to get him on the field. And as I said, just the speed he brings to this offense is special. And I do expect him to play this season. And I don't think it's going to be a red shirt either. I, I don't think it's going to be just four games. I, I think he's going to be a legit part of this offense in every game. He will be out on the field, whether he'll catch a pass every game. I can't for sure say that because we all, as we know, that doesn't always happen, but I, I think he's going to be involved in this offense. And I do think he's going to make at least a couple plays this season that, uh, move the chains or are big for this Utah football team. And who's currently the fifth guy, but I think has a great opportunity to move up 
is Emory Simmons, the Indiana transfer who's going to come and join this team in the summer. This is a veteran receiver who put up 400 yards last year with Indiana playing in the Big Ten. Yes, that offense was bad, but now he's going to pair with the best quarterback he's ever played with in his career in Cam Rising. Actually, I guess he was at North Carolina for a brief little bit, so maybe he paired with a Sam Howell or one of those other people. Um, and I know Sam Howell was more of a draft prospect, too. Um, I, I'm happy with Cam Rising, obviously. So I do think Cam Rising, the season he could put together if he's healthy, could eclipse what Sam Howell was able to do during his time in North Carolina. And I don't think that's a, that outlandish of a statement. So I think Emory Simmons, when you look at the veteran experience, he's the first guy Coach Witt had brought in. I think he has a great chance to move up. That is the five for this Utah receiver team. Devon, Money, Mikey Matthews, Makai Cope, Emory Simmons. Tyquan and Chris Reed, the best they were probably going to do is get six there. By the time the season rolls around for both those guys, I'm sure that's not good enough. For Tyquan, like I said, this is his last dance. He should go transfer and play somewhere. That's what he's going to do. For Chris Reed, I think when you look at it, there's there's a chance he could have decided to stay and like try to wait it out. But I feel like for him, yeah, Devon will be gone. Yes, Emery will be gone for sure. Mikey, money, we don't know. But Kai's already passed you up. There's other young, talented receivers coming in this room. I think he just wanted his opportunity elsewhere. And I think it makes a lot of sense. And maybe he wants to play sooner. There's no guarantee he would be, even if you stuck it out one more year, there is no guarantee he would be one of the dudes on this team next season. When you're talking about who are the first three receivers on the field for Utah football, money could decide to stay another year. Makai could end up, or excuse me, we know Makai's, Makai or Mikey Matthews. Makai obviously will be back another year. Makai Cope could end up staying for another year too. So and then you look at some of the talented freshmen coming in. That's where, if I'm Chris Reed, I think it makes a lot of sense that he wanted to transfer and try to get more playing time because he didn't see a path to it with the Utah football team. So I got no I got no bad feeling, no bad blood or anything like that towards Chris Reed for wanting to leave because, as I said, I just feel like I didn't see a path for playing time for him. So I think he made the best decision for him, which is what he should do. So should this Utah team add another receiver in the portal? Eh, maybe one. I, I like the five. I really do. If there is an elite player that comes open, Obviously, you want to add him. I, I think you always kick the tires on that. So if you can get a player that's really good at that caliber or just an extra guy you maybe feel good about for the depth, then yeah, maybe grab one more. But there's there's still some other young players in this receiver room. I would love to see get an opportunity, especially as once again, when I mentioned being the sixth guy on this depth chart. So only if they're injuries, if there's something crazy that happens, that's the only situation that I could really see anything materializing. One guy I would love to see more of. I um he didn't play in the spring game. I don't know what's going on there, but Sydney and Banasaur is the six five young receiver. Every time he's on the field, it's like, whoa, who is that dude? I would love to see him get out there, get some more reps. Once again, we're not involved with the practices and everything, so we can't see exactly everything that goes on there. But he is a guy I am extremely high on based on the physical profile I've seen, at least the stuff I've seen from him in high school. And I would just love to see him get on the field and be involved in this Utah team as a receiver. So it's going to be something interesting to watch and mindful of if he is involved. But there's also other young players, as I said, that will be a good sixth receiver for this Utah football team overall. And let's just look at the receiving stats from last season. Let's see how many Utah receivers caught a pass last season. So you get Devon, Money, Jalen. So that's three. Four is Solomon. Five is Makai. And there you go. So five receivers caught a pass last season for this Utah football team. Running backs, tight ends, we know what a critical part they play in the passing game. Only five receivers caught a pass. Did a couple more, did Tyquan Gilmore maybe line up out there and run it out? Sure, he didn't catch a pass. So you got to have, you want to have five guys that you feel good about. Maybe one more in case of injury. That's where I said maybe they do want to add one more guy. I feel good about the five that we just talked about. I feel like you have your true number one, you got a good number two, and you got a couple of guys, you got the veteran, you got the guy who's flashed some elite potential with a couple of plays in Makai Cope, 
and the veteran being Emory Simmons, obviously. And then you got the young guy in Mikey Matthews, who's this wild card of what he's going to bring in his first year. I like that as a receiver room. It is not going to be the best in the Pac-12, but I think when you look at the talent that and depth that room has, I think it's pretty good. And I think all those guys are capable of winning on the outside, stepping up and making game-changing grabs. So I feel good about the Utah receiver room. If they want to bring in one born guy, makes sense to me. But once again, I, I like where this group is at at the moment. Another thing I like to hear is that Utah is going to have first round picks in back-to-back -back years in the NFL draft. Of course, last year was Devin Lloyd going to the Jacksonville Jaguars. That worked out pretty great for them. Wherever Dalton is going to go will work out great for him too. And I think he's going to work out well for the franchise. As I said, that picks with him as I think he's going to be a star in the making and become a fan favorite right away. I can already see hey, all the photos of him giving the smile, the thumbs up, right? That everyone loves when it comes to Dalton. Like I, I can already just see that right away that that's going to be one of the big things that all the fans and the social media accounts are going to be tweeting out and everything. So I'm excited to look at that and everything. But um, what does it say about this program having first round picks in back-to-back -back years? And once again, it was almost two first round picks. Clark's unfortunately falling victim to all the draft stories and everything that he's going to follow the first round more than likely. But this speaks to the special position overall this program is at, that they're able to turn out multiple first round picks year in and year out. And it's what makes them such an attractive option for recruits now. Not only can you come and win Pac-12 championships, you can develop your skill set and put yourself in a position to be a first round pick in the NFL draft because you've seen other guys do that. And it's other guys that come from, once again, Devin Lloyd is a recruit, was never supposed to be in a first round conversation. Dalton Kincaid was never supposed to be a first round NFL draft pick when he was getting recruited or anything like that. But both those guys have unbelievable stories. And I think it's really appealing to all these guys that like, hey, they made these guys, they helped make these guys into what they are today. I think they can help me make, help me develop into something special too. So uh, I think it makes this team only more attractive once again to a destination of recruiting it speaks to the level this program is at for years they've been one of the top programs in college football you look at how many pac-12 championship games they had made going into of course when they finally won it back to back competing in the rose bowl being ranked in the top four at different points in the season like had the season ended right here they would be in the college football playoff that has happened with this utah football program of course if the 12 team playoff was the last couple of years utah would have made it two years in a row they've consistently been a top 10 college football program over over the past few seasons and i think that's something that's really special and really cool about the position this team is in is that they are amongst the elite programs in the entire country which obviously was not always the case but absolutely is right now so once again it's just another great step in evolution because the other top programs they're able to put guys in the first round conversation every single year except for teams like usc like we said that's the one where they've just had some off years they've had some on years look this year jordan addison will maybe go there maybe not they'll obviously have in my opinion, who should be the first overall pick in the 2024 NFL draft. I know not ever, I know you guys don't all love Caleb Williams. You can't deny he's unbelievably talented. I mean, my goodness, some of the throws and the plays he makes, my jaw was on the floor last season at some of those. So um, either way, but then I mentioned too, like Texas, another one, they don't have first round picks in the NFL every year, but they're going to have a pretty special one in Bijan Robinson. And that's what will be fun is to see how it all shakes out in the draft. And who knows, maybe by this time next year, we'll be talking about three years in a row where Utah has a, player picked in the first round we all thought Devin had a chance to go in the in the first round I think when you're talking what he did there um when you're looking at what Dalton did I still think it's a little bit surprising he ended up in the first I think people thought he could be good I don't know many people before the season who had him as a first round pick I think we all thought he'd go in the second and the third and Clark would be the first rounder so who's going to step up I don't know maybe a defensive lineman maybe junior Tufuna or uh, Simote Peppa really flashes explosiveness and NFL team wants them. Maybe Brent Keithy has a crazy year, and even though he's a little older, some team does the same thing they just did with Dalton, takes him later in the draft. Maybe 
Zamaya Vaughn has a huge season. Maybe it's Talalau Mea really flashes, has an outstanding year, and a team wants to make him a first-round NFL guard because I think that's where he'll play at the next level. So Utah will have a chance to make it three for three in terms of first-round picks next season. But once again, it all starts with Dalton Kincaid keeping that streak alive Thursday night, something he's absolutely going to do as the top tight end in the 2023 NFL draft. So it's going to be fun to see how it all works out. And if you guys want more mock drafts and see where Dalton Kincaid might end up you guys should tune in to lock on's nfl mock draft special it's here and bigger than ever follow along all 32 teams first pick in a six episode ultimate mock draft experience only locked on can deliver all episodes are available now on locked on nfl draft on youtube or wherever you listen to your podcast so that's going to do it for today's episode of Locked On Utes. Tomorrow, I will be joined by Josh Newman. I know yesterday I teased he was coming on today, but he will actually be coming on tomorrow. And we are going to be talking about the Crimson Collective and just some other stuff revolving around the Utah football program. So make sure you guys join us then on Locked On Utes.